like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. And with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here to finish the year. Um, a few days early, really, that we're recording this, but, uh, you know, this is our last episode of 2020, and I think we're ready to move into 2021, um, which that means, of course, at the end of this episode, we'll talk about what we're going to be doing next year. Uh, podcast is continuing. We have some exciting uh, themes for next year um, and how we're going to kick off 2021. I'm looking forward to. So before we get into the future talk, though, let's focus in on tonight. This is our last episode of Through the Cracks. And Corey got to pick this one. And unlike every other episode in this uh, month, I've seen this movie already. In fact, I've already recorded a podcast about this movie. Um, This will be number two. And I was excited to rewatch it. And I did. Um, But we're going to be talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music. Corey was not able to see it uh, when it first came out and was just able to finally get to it uh, before the end of the year. But before we get into our thoughts on that film, Let's uh, start with just catching up, seeing how things are going, and what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how you doing? I'm ready for my four-day weekend. Sorry, we're, we usually record on Friday nights, but Friday is Christmas. Um, so we decided to record a couple days early so we can take uh, the time to be with our friends and family outside of our podcast um, and uh, kind of embrace the moment, enjoy the weekend. Um, I can't remember the last time Christmas was on a Friday, so it's kind of a, a unique time. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Co- Taylor starts uh, her job tomorrow, uh, her new job, uh, job number three for 2020. Um, she has had three jobs since she turned 16 in April, and not because she's been let go. I, like She got a job working with my wife originally. Um as a cashier at like a uh, big box type store. Then she got a job hostessing at a restaurant chain at a theme park. Didn't really like that. Um, tried to warn her that restaurant jobs suck, but you know, got to learn. You got to, you know, service at least once. Right. Right. And now she is uh, actually going to be working with your aunt starting tomorrow at a supermarket. Hmm. Yep. Yep. She got hired a couple days ago and tomorrow's her uh, orientation on Christmas Eve. Um, she'll be there from like 10 to four and then, uh, Kathy's also working like a similar shift. So I will be, uh, alone during the day tomorrow. Not sure what I'm going to do yet. Watch a lot of movies. That's what I did today. Um, and I'll get into that in a moment, uh, when we get to that. But, um, you know, yesterday we, uh, we, we baked and, um, I guess baked is a strong word. I, I cut cookies from a roll. (laughs) <laughs> put them on a pan i love your honesty um and then i put icing that i bought in a can a, another can onto the cookies and put sprinkles on them that i also bought but i guess most people buy sprinkles i'm, I'm sure somebody's making their own sprinkles but i'm pretty sure that i make my own sprinkles do you really heck no oh, okay i was i would not be surprised to be honest but oh you got it. Someone's got to make the sprinkles, right? They're not, they don't, they're not like grown. So someone's making them somewhere, right. but just shake them from a tree. I 
I feel like everyone needs to know how much I love sprinkles and rainbow sprinkles make me so happy. So maybe I should learn how to make them, but I feel like they're probably like homemade pie crust and not worth the effort, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine it's worth it. But I, I thought I liked your delivery on that. It was pretty good. <laughs> but uh, the cookies are delicious. Um, and then we also made, though, something I've been doing for years is chocolate-covered pretzels. Um, we actually didn't do them the last couple of years. But um, I, I decided to do them. Th and I found out, because uh, I always used to buy almond bark, and then it was like a nightmare to like, melt and then clean up the melted chocolate out of the bowl or whatever. Uh, now they have like a microwavable version of it um, that's like four bucks and you it comes with a tray and you microwave it and it melts the chocolate and then you're good to go and you just throw the tray away at the end. And I was like, this is this just revolutionized my chocolate dipping because um, I'll do this more often. But uh, yeah, the chocolate covered pretzels came out fantastic. Um, really big fan of chocolate covered pretzels anyways. And I did I used the same red and green uh, like it's they're They say they're sprinkles to me. That's more like like sugar you know what i'm saying like they don't look like the rainbow sprinkles that you mentioned they're more like sugar crystals that are colored mm -hmm. um but I, I sprinkled those on i sprinkled those on the chocolate covered pretzels and they gave them a nice little christmas uh flair and uh, i think they're quite tasty but that's we did that last night to kind of try to bring some semblance of the christmas season into the house uh we have like decorations up and stuff but it just you know there's just something off with this year uh, so many so many things off with this year uh, it just does not quite feel like Christmas, and I've watched a lot of Christmas movies, and I still it still doesn't feel like Christmas. And it's supposed to be super cold here for us, at least, like in the 30s all day on Christmas. Like uh, I think the high on Friday is like 55 or something, so that's really cold for Florida. Um, and it still just doesn't quite feel like Christmas, and that's a shame because I I love the Christmas season oh so much same i'm i'm like oh, christmas is in two days the only reason why i'm excited about christmas is because we finally get to see pixar soul Ooh, and wonder woman 84 i'm more concerned about soul <laughs> i want to see that in theaters i love the pixar movies um as most people do but um yeah agreed it in 35 there is way colder than 35 here yeah I, I mean i can't i have not been to idaho so i can't make that full comparison but you have so i'll take your word for it dry. so uh, i feel like the cold when it's cold there it's like biting but here we are yeah um like this morning i got up at uh 7 40 to run and looked at my phone and it was it said it was 46 degrees i was like okay um i'm gonna wait a little bit before i try to run and i waited till about nine um and it was like 70 so like that's the normal florida cold it was like 46 at 745 and by nine it was already hitting the 70s um which i overdressed and i was a little hot running today uh but you know i, I made it work um and i'm gonna tomorrow i've actually i took the week off from the gym because i hurt my shoulder um oh. at the gym uh and so i've just been like running or walking like three like about an hour each day so i'm burning the same amount of calories feeling a little guilty because i really want to do some muscle stuff but i'm just i really want my shoulder to not hurt um so i'm trying to just you know no no i'm just gonna take it easy this week and then i'll get yeah. i'll hit the gym again um this coming week but uh which is already still like the gym probably should be closed but florida's just doing whatever and i i do wear a mask and i wipe everything down as much as i can um 
and hope for the best. Uh, but you know, um, uh, in the meantime, though, I've been trying to watch a lot of stuff. Um, but my goal after Christmas is to try to watch as many of the 2020 movies that I haven't seen, like basically like a powered through the cracks of my own. Um, because there's a lot of stuff that I really want to catch and it doesn't matter if I catch it by the end of the year. I mean, we still got like two months before we even start Oscar talk this year because they pushed it back. Um, but you know, I like to see as many movies from 2020 as possible. Uh, that said, I'll, I'll never be able to compete with our, our good friend, big tuna. Um, not that I'm trying to compete mind you, but it is like, it's always so staggering to see, uh, how many movies he has seen this year. Have you, um, I don't know if you keep up with him or, or whatnot, but, uh, he is going to be taking a step back next year. So he's, he's kind of powering hard through the end of 2020. And then he's going to, he's going to chill on how many movies he watches, uh, and reviews in the coming year. Cause it's, it's, I think he overdid it this year. Um, in, in a good way. I think he got, you know, he, he did a lot, but now it's like, okay, I'm good. I need, I need a break. And so, um, but just in case you haven't kept up with big tuna and disappointment media, um, over the over the last year uh he has seen i think more movies than probably anybody um from this year and that's the crazy thing um trying to get the number um but it's it's a lot of movies like total he's watched so many movies and then just movies from this year um most people feel like you know there's not a whole lot of movies that came out this year and they're mostly right that is true most uh did not come out this year um or many things did not come out this year, I should say. Hang on a sec. Sorry, sorry. It's loading. So he has uh, a thousand diary entries on Letterbox this year. <gasps> uh, just just this that's year, like three and then movies a day. That's I believe his exact calculation, and um, I believe he told me he has seen um eight hundred movies from twenty twenty, or like. Some of them are listed as like 2019 movies, but their official release date is 2020. Holy um, macaroni! Yeah, so he's he's watched a lot, uh, a lot of stuff. Um, I'm looking at his letterbox stats page because I enjoy looking at the stats page. But the funny thing, because he's watched several documentaries this year, um, like there's a a list of the most watched actors from the year based on what he's watched, and Donald Trump is number two because what? Of the doc- the documentaries that he's watched this year, uh, several have been, there's been a lot of Trump and or political docs. And so six, uh, tied for, um, only tied with, uh, Will Patton, uh, Will Patton and Donald Trump. He's seen six films with them in it this year. I think that's a funny stat. Um, but I, uh, I'd like to get into what we've been watching. So Corey, do you want to go first or second? I'll go. Okay. Uh, so, Thank you, Roku and HBO Max, for getting your lives together and working it out, because I really wanted to watch this, and I watched... At first, I I misunderstood. I made an assumption. I thought, for some reason, that it was only two episodes, but I watched all four episodes of Heaven's Gate, The Cult of Cults. Hmm. Very interesting and fascinating, not saying I agree with any, you know, with them at all, but... It's just so wild it happened during our lifetime and I was kind of young and I still remember like hearing about it there. I learned a lot of things that I didn't know already or I don't know that mm-hmm. I just learned a lot. Um, 
I watched Polar Express. Ah. Uh, my family, my very small family, uh, got we had a get together for Christmas. It's legitimately six of us. I've been around the same like eight people all year, guys. Um, yeah. So before we get any hate mail, I watched the Creep Show uh, holiday special, which oh. was pretty funny. You know Anna Camp. I do. So I just feel like she's probably crazy. I really like her, but um, she's in it. She's pretty funny. But um, I thought it was going to be animated, like the one for Halloween. I, again, was making assumptions, but it wasn't. It was live action. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I watched all three Bill and Ted movies. Yes. I watched... I... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm, I'm excited. I have not watched the second one in a long time, but I, I have my memories of it, so I'm curious. I um watched The Office, and then that is all. Well, um, I, I'm slowly watching The Queen's Gambit. I am uh, almost through episode four of the seven-episode series. Really enjoying that show. Um, I was misled. I thought it was based on a true story and found out in the last episode that it is not based on a true story. Uh, it is a book. Um, so I was like, oh, well, whatever. But um, I've watched quite a bit of movies um, since then, uh, since we last recorded. Um, I watched uh, one of my favorite movies of the year, Promising Young Woman, which <gasps> is out in theaters on Friday. And I think it might be on VOD. Um, but it stars Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, um, and a bunch of other people have small parts, but they're all fantastic. Uh, it is a dark comedy, um, and it's excellent. Uh, super, really great crime drama comedy. It's just, it blends the genres so well. Um, great performance from Mulligan. It, it's just, it's outstanding. Really, really great movie. Um, I watched Flight. That's a Robert Zemeckis film. I've now seen all of Robert Zemeckis' filmography, so I'm another director off my checklist. Um and I, I got to complete Christopher Nolan's filmography again because I'd seen all of his movies, but Tenet came out, hadn't got to see it, just got to watch it finally. And uh, Matt and I did our episode of Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast on that this week, and that dropped on Wednesday a little early. We did it a day before we normally do. Um, I watched Elf for I have no idea how many billion times. Um, and then I went into like a horror Christmas kick. Yes. And so I watched uh, the 1974 Black Christmas Um and then Bill and Ted faced the music, but today I watched Better Watch Out, um, which we met. We interviewed oh. Chris Peckover, the director, a few years ago. That um, so great. It is really great, and uh, I, I was really analyzing it like hard today, just like how subversive elements of it are, and um, he does such a good job of setting up things. Uh, it's, it's if you uh, haven't seen Better Watch Out, take take a minute to check it out. And I just wanted to say um, that. Chris was really awesome, but you can stream that right now on Amazon Prime and on Shutter. Yes, it's it's making its rounds. Um, I watched Krampus, and these are most of these oh, are rewatches. I, um, I enjoy Krampus very very much. Adam Adam Scott is just so awesome. Um, Do that track on the I then I jumped away from the horror for a minute, and I watched my favorite version of the Christmas Carol, which is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, if you haven't seen the Muppet Christmas Carol, it is on Disney Plus. And I cannot re recommend it enough because uh, Michael Caine is Scrooge. 
and he's like the the one human where almost everybody else are, are puppets oh, or yeah. muppets and uh he is an excellent scrooge and then uh i love i love the songs in this like a lot like because it is more of a musical and they have gonzo playing kind of a narrator charles dickens-esque uh character and he's excellent um and they even i think they kind of teach a little bit about literature uh because he's talking about you know he's omnis he's the narrator so he's omniscient he knows everything kind of thing um cool little little things like that i absolutely adore that movie I, I i think we watched it for the first time like five or six years ago and uh i i love it um very i have it on blu-ray and i was supposed to have a digital copy but it's something glitched with my my digital code or something and so uh, i was really excited that they added it to disney plus so it's easy to throw on it's only an hour and a half so quick watch definitely worth checking out and then uh at the request of mike and i think kind of you i just finished like an hour ago rare exports a christmas tale on shutter um and i like it it's 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 a little i think it's a little disappointing um yes. because of what i was expecting it to to do it doesn't really do um it just like alludes to it but i didn't dislike it i thought it was a, a, an interesting kind of tale i think the ending's a little weird um like the very very ending like the like the last couple of sequences of what they decide to do after after the horror is over but um it's definitely worth checking out i i i, I like that it is um i think it, it's russian or finnish i i got a little confused finnish. on where it was um because they kept oh. talking about russia and i guess it's on the border or something um but uh i um the subtitles uh are not i was doing other stuff because that's why i've been watching a lot of the rewatches i'm like doing other things while i'm rewatching, and i knew that was not going to be really feasible with this because if i was going to follow the plot i would have to pay attention and read the subtitles and i i was happy that uh there weren't there wasn't a lot of dialogue where i was able to like still do other stuff and uh follow along excuse me um follow along with the plot uh well enough um so i was i was content with that um but another one off my list uh that i'd been told to watch many times and finally got to i think even today i said something on my group chat with mike and he was like you should check out rare exports and i was like yeah it's on my list and so i made i made the extra effort to get to it today um so i was i watched four movies today uh throughout the course of the day but Dang. But again, I was doing other stuff through three of them. Um, not a lot of other stuff. I was. I'm. I'm really taking this week off. Like I'm doing like nothing for work, and then next week I will have to start kind of like looking ahead to the following week. But um, it's easier to do after Christmas. Like I, I felt like I needed the week to just kind of wind down. So today I, I really took it easy. Was just having doing stuff on the computer that was like not work related and um, watching movies. Uh, horror christmas films which tomorrow i will try to watch um i think i've got one or two other like normal christmas films that i try to watch every year and then uh at eight o'clock uh christmas story comes on and i will be watching that for 24 hours so what that's just too much no way that's every year i've done that every year since i was like like nine because no. like you just put it on the tv and you just leave it on you just let it play in a loop how you know it's christmas I, I thought everybody did that but whatever um <laughs> so listeners we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna get to our review of bill and ted face the music 
as Corey faces the music as well. Um, hopefully real music and not fake bands she makes up to pretend that she knows things. Um, all the time. That said, we'll be right back. And we are back. Uh, we're talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music from this year. came out uh, August 28th, at least kind of. It was uh, same day theater and I think it was digital almost the same day or maybe within a couple of weeks. It, it did a weird kind of release slate. Um, it uh, is directed by Dean Parasot, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the original director from the first two films, I think. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I thought he was, but I have to scroll down quite a bit. I am wrong. He did not direct the original two. Then it's the same writers. I know that the, the people involved were mostly involved um, with this production, including, yeah, they, the writers are the same. Um, Chris Matheson, Ed Solomon. And the fact that they got, not only Keanu and Alex have been signed on for this, um, pretty much everybody who was in the original movies shows up here <laughs> um, which i love you get, right i mean you get william sadler who's who plays death in in bogus journey um aaron hayes and jemiah mays play elizabeth and joanna they are not the original actresses um that they're the only two big actresses who would not come back apparently i don't know if they couldn't get them or if they stopped acting or what the case is but um but uh ted's dad hal landon uh jr is back as chief logan uh, I think the brother Beck Bennett is the same actor. Um, we got Amy Stotch as Missy, who was the, uh, the a lot of probably inappropriate <laughs> jokes at the time. Um, but then you, you get some new people. Uh, Kristen Shaw is playing um, George Clooney's not George Clooney, could George Carlin? <laughs> sorry, George Carlin's uh, daughter, the, his character's daughter. Um, and then Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne are playing Thea and Billy, who are Ted and Bill's daughters. Um, and then Anthony Kerrigan. I don't know if you've ever watched Barry, Corey, on HBO. Mm-mm. You need to because you love Bill Hader, and it is Bill Hader's serial killer show. He's uh, like serial killers is wrong. Trying Sorry, to be an actor or something, that. right? Or he's yes, studying to be an actor. It's I've I've only seen season one. Season one is amazing. I have been meaning to get to season two. I'm probably going to make an effort to do that now that I just thought about it. But um, Anthony Kerrigan is a major part of season one, and he is hilarious. And he plays the uh, the robot android thing in this movie. Um, oh. And I, I find Dennis Caleb McCoy, to be exact. Um, I find him endlessly funny, and uh, he's great. Um, so... Uh, and there's a lot of there's a little cameos from from some celebrities who were probably fans of the movies <laughs> in the 90s and whatnot. Um, but Corey, this is so I, I kind of want before we uh, talk about this one, what's your relationship with the first two and then rewatching them? Did it pump you up for this one or like how, how did that go? Uh, so I I remember the first one the most. Um, mm-hmm. And I like even from being a kid, a kid, I remember that one the most. Um, I didn't remember a lot from the second one. I think that it was probably just over my head because I don't think I've seen it all since I was, you know, very young. Um, so, I mean, it was pretty funny. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that you said that about the seventh. It was the seventh. Yeah, the seventh seal, I believe. Yeah, I want to say the uh, seventh sign, but I'm like, nope, that's a Demi Moore movie. I'm pretty sure. Um, maybe not, guys. I'm tired. I'm sorry. It gets dark here at like four thirty. Um, it, it is Demi Moore. Um, and Michael Bine, B 
Bean, Michael Bean, seventh okay. sign from nineteen eighty eight. Perfect. But the Seventh Seal, which is what the movie that I was referencing, that the the uh the second one, Bogus Journey, references is uh an Ingmar Ig- Ig- uh, Bergman film where he, uh, the guy's playing chess with death, and that is uh, kind of the parallel when they challenge death to the variety of games that I think is the best part of Bogus Journey. <laughs> I- Yes, it's so funny. Like, I mean, if you are death, why would you have to be honest? Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, They're not... I don't know. I feel like they're good movies to have and put on if you don't really want to pay attention or if you just want to be entertained. I appreciate the characters, though. Um, I didn't... I don't know. I hate that they i think that it was in the second one um that they kept using that derogatory term for gay people mm. it happened a they, few times they used it a little bit in the first one Do uh, they? they used it once in the first one for sure when uh after bill thinks ted's dead because the suit of armor is stabbed um they hug and they push each other off and then they call each other the f word um maybe it was the because first one. it's, it's they only do that once though in, in the first film and that's it's because it's the late 80s and that was the macho mindset that yeah. uh the first two films are this is a bromance of extreme proportions right like these guys are inseparable best friends it is plutonic there is nothing sexual about it however in the late 80s that two men showing affection for each other outside of like you know the very very people got gay vibes and unfortunately homophobia was rampant at that time so uh the movies do did not age as well as they could have because of that however i think this movie goes goes far to like you know write that that wrong in a way maybe not goes far to write it as much as they are much more accepting of the uh the bromance element and not not afraid to just let that be as opposed to feeling like they have to call each other the f word or whatnot yeah, and I i mean, I, it is of the times. I mean... Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't agree with it. I don't like it, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, it just dates it a little bit, besides all the great costumes and everything. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't know. I will say this about all three of the movies. Thank you to everyone involved for keeping them right at, like, an hour and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I appreciate yes. you. Um and I do like their relationship, and I like that. I mean, their families are friends. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, does that happen a lot? I don't really know. I have two friends. <laughs> you know? I, mean, um, I guess if we're like looking at our connection, our our uh, families are friends in a lot of ways. I guess you know, like. You're friends with Kathy. Kathy's friends with your aunt. Kathy has worked with your cousins. Um, I think, right? That's what we call them. Um, and oh, yeah. I'm friends with, with Bill and Bill's friends with Kathy, kind of. I know, we, like, it's a very distant friendship at this point. But, you know, there's still, like, there's, I guess you could say yes. But... I, I mean, like, they're best friends. And then their wives are best friends. And then their daughters are best friends. Yes, it is a it it is an extreme version of that, I would say, but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, it makes it makes sense within the world of the film. Yeah, I like that. 
So, um, I I love the first movie. I actually think the first film is, um, aside from it being one of the most optimistic, like happy vibes, I think it puts out some very very big positive things into the world. Uh, just the 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 sentence "be excellent to each other" is something I feel so important right now. Um, and I uh I still adore it. I've actually taught the first film a few times. Um over the years uh, I, I usually will teach it with the fantasy genre um hmm. and i i love that element a lot um and something i had not noticed and i will get into in spoilers uh when we get there uh, about this film the new one bill and ted face the music that i had never paid attention to um a, one of the the worst elements kind of similar to what you just brought up but different um but i don't want to spoil how this movie i think kind of uh, corrects course corrects for for that slight in judgment um but i i do adore the first film i think some of the, there's some really great scenes um and uh, i'm i'm a big uh keanu reeves fan and i think uh there are a few examples of him being used perfectly bill and ted is one of them the matrix is one of them and i think john wick is the third i think he's good in some other things and he's really bad in some other things um but when he's used perfectly like he is as Ted, I think it's fantastic. And I think this movie even kind of explores that in an interesting way as well. Um, so I, I gave this movie five stars. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but for me, especially when it came, I needed a movie like this. I needed a, a, a comedy with music and fun and also kind of addressing, um, you know, like midlife crisis type elements. Uh, I think it works really, really well all the way across the board for me. I totally can see why someone else may not love this movie, but it, it did exactly what I wanted this to do. And I think it elevates Bill and Ted uh, to a high gauging trilogy. I think it's one of the better trilogies that exist now. Um, something I wouldn't have expected after Bogus Journey because it's been a long time since Bogus Journey came out. So mm-hmm. I really, really like this movie. What did you think? I like it as well. Maybe not as much okay. as you, but I like it. Yeah, I am definitely high up on the still. And I think it actually, I wasn't sure if the second viewing would keep that high of a engagement. And I think it did. Um, it, I may be down on it just a little bit. Like it wasn't as, ex, as exhilarating the second time, but it was still very, very funny. And I actually was, I was, I paid very, very close attention to it when I watched it the first time. Cause I was, I was uh, watching it as a screener and um, I, uh, I loved it. So um uh, but I, I'm sorry, but I I had missed some or not missed some things, but I noticed things when I was watching it the second time. I was like, oh, I don't remember that. And that's always kind of surprising to me because I, I tend to remember movies pretty closely, even if I've only seen them once. And so when a scene uh, doesn't stick, I'm always a little surprised to see it later on. I was just going to say that um, just in case people haven't watched it. I don't know how much it is on all the streaming services, but I did happen to see that on Amazon, it's only five bucks to buy for the HD. Oh. Just, you know. Yeah. There, and there's been some good uh, sales with the, uh, the, like if you want all three movies and things like that. So if you don't already own the first two, now is a good time. Or if you only own them on like DVD or VHS, uh, now is a good time <laughs> to upgrade to uh, <laughs> like the 4k Blu-rays or the, or the digital copies. Word. Um, so, uh, well, I think Keanu and Alex are really great in this. And it was really good seeing Alex. He hasn't done a lot 
uh, of acting. He's he's actually made a lot of documentaries over the last several years. Um, uh, but it was good. I think they're really back into the characters, um, especially Bill. I think Bill's really, really into the character. Uh, I think Keanu, I think, is kind of doing like a meta commentary on his career and like his his leaving and losing interest in Bill and Ted and then like, you know, trying to kind of find himself again because that's Ted is like struggling with that in this movie. Like, is he doing the right thing? And I feel like that's a little meta. Um, but I really think Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne steal the show. Um, I thought I you didn't are... like Samara Weaving when we talked about it before. Uh, no, in this. very much like her in this. No, no, I okay. love her. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Samara Weaving fan. Uh, Same. Yeah, no, uh, I loved Ready or Not. It was like one of the big surprises from last year that so I had not good. anticipated. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I'm definitely <sighs> on Team Weaving for sure. Um, and uh, Bridget Lundy Payne, I've only, I've seen her, uh, she's on Atypical, which is a Netflix series that I like uh, quite a bit. Um, it's also uh, Jennifer Jason Lee plays her mom on that series. Um, and uh, I've seen a few other of her performances, but I really like her in this. Um, I think she's my favorite part um, as Billy, who is Ted's daughter. Uh which I like that, that they like swap names, basically, like Ted's daughter is named Billy and Bill's daughter is named Thea, um, you know, works really well. But I, I think they're both excellent. Um, but I think I think Billy really like mirrors Ted so much like she's just like spot on like, like, oh, yeah, you're clearly Ted's daughter. Um, but no, I think they're excellent. I, I actually I really like I'm a Christian Shaw fan normally anyways, but I like her in the role that she has. I think she's like not quite the George Carlin character, but definitely has the same kind of, you know, vibe to it. And I, I, I just think the movie's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's referential enough, uh, for the fans of the originals, but it, it does its own thing. And I, yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we get to spoilers? Cause I, I am like, I'm definitely skating around some spoilers. stuff. no, all right, let's move into spoilers then. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. So if you don't mind, I'll start with what I was kind of alluding to. Um, I had not put together uh, until seeing this movie what the first movie does wrong. And it is the who they choose as their historical figures. Um, I think there are some that they choose in the first movie that make perfect sense. But it is extremely white historical figures with the exception of Genghis Khan. Um, and uh, when you look at some of those historical figures, like let's say uh, um, Jesse, is it Jesse James? Uh, I thought it was Billy the Kid, but Billy the Kid, that's it is. I man, I could not pull that name for some reason. Billy the Kid, who, yes, Billy the Kid, not really an important historical figure when you think about it, right? Like, he's great in that movie. I love the character in the movie. But if we're talking like if we're writing, right, and we're like, oh, historical figures from, you know, important figures through history, Billy the Kid is not one that would immediately pop to mind as like a necessity. Because keep in mind, they pull those people because they're doing a history report. And I don't feel like Billy the Kid would have been that relevant. And I feel like there are like it's 88 when Bill, Bill and Ted come out. So it's uh, 20 years removed from the civil rights movement. So Malcolm X, 
Martin Luther King would have been relevant people, you know, that you would want to talk about it. Now you might think, Oh, well, they're not quite old enough to be historical, but I, I mean, I'm in high school 10 years later and they're very much historical figures when I'm in high school. So I feel like probably would have been relevant even in 88. Can't swear to that, but it, it seems like there were, even if that's not the direction that they went, it's still like Billy, the kid though, again, love the character in the movie. I think they do great things with him, but even if we were looking at like iconic cowboy figures, would Billy the Kid be one? I personally don't know much about Billy the Kid outside of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And I think maybe Young Guns is Emilio Estevez, Billy the Kid and Young Guns. Am I making that up? I think that I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, But nonetheless, um, here we get Bill. Uh, we get to rehash that first plot where Thea and Billy start using the time traveling ability to gather historical figures. This time, historical musicians, which makes perfect sense um, because they're building a band for their dads. And we get a diverse group of musicians. And I think that uh, Thea and Billy also have show, they demonstrate an eclectic taste of music, right? Like they're yes. all over the place. Um, and they're like, I mean, you would, I would almost argue that they're like music historians. They know like everything. Right. Um, and I think this, this movies are kind of writing that wrong because they don't go after just like white musicians. Although not to say there's no white musicians, but they get a variety of musicians of different genres and different eras and all to mesh with their, this sound, which kind of makes sense with the plot as well. Um, like that they need to write the song. that's going to unify everything. So it makes sense that you have a diverse set of music. So all of it can be like kind of melded together um, in a song that I actually think is pr- pretty good at the end. Like, cause you got to think when you're claiming it's going to be the song that brings the world together, how, how do you do that? How do you write that for the movie? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way you can deliver on that premise for sure. Right. Like how, you, you can't know you're going to write the song that's going to work. I think it works. I don't necessarily think it's the best song ever that would unite everything, but it's still like, it's a, good sounding song um but i really i i like them i like uh we get um you know Jimi hendrix we get um sorry my brain is is fading into the late night uh louis armstrong um kid mozart <laughs> okay kid cuddy is hilarious i love that they do that with kid cuddy. Yeah. Um, i was like i have no because... idea what you're talking about i know that's a point but still <laughs> yeah yes yes which I, I feel like that's actually Kid Cudi too. Like I know it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's him, but I feel like that's the oh. he's into that kind of stuff is what I'm saying. Like it just feels like he's into like science and stuff. Maybe I'm wrong, but I get that vibe uh, that that was like, you know, one of his things. And then he says station, which I don't know. Station is a reference to Bogus Journey, but I don't know if they're implying he is station by him like saying that like knowing to say station although station was part of their band so i guess people would know about station but uh i i didn't notice i didn't remember that from the first viewing i I, it really stood out to me yesterday when i watched it for some reason um so i i like i pretty much like everything about the movie i don't have any real major complaints about what (laughs) what the plot does um it bounces around a little bit, uh, but I think it works. And um, I think the old Bill and Ted are like when they keep going into the future to try to steal the song from themselves. I think those scenes are funny. 
uh, Dave Grohl gets a cameo in that process. That was pretty um, funny. Was there anything that stood out to you? Okay, probably one of my favorite things and probably the funniest thing to me throughout all three of the movies is Missy. <laughs> ah. See, I don't remember her role in the second movie because I've only seen I haven't seen the second movie in years, but in the first movie it's constantly funny, you know. He calls her mom, but you know, she's only like a year or two older than he is. Like, you know, which... Do you remember when we were freshmen and we both asked Missy to the prom and she was a senior? And isn't yeah, she yeah. married to uh Bill's dad in the first one? Yes. And then in the second one, she's divorced Bill's dad and now she's married to Ted's dad. Oh, has that happened already? <laughs> okay, I didn't realize. And then in the third one, when she's married to Ted's little brother, I just, yes. I don't know. It's just so funny. And I love that it was the same actress. I was like, oh my God, it's Missy. Yes. So the the worst part, I think, aside from the, uh, the F-bomb slur um, in the first movie, is the scene when they Missy makes them dinner, brings it to Bill and Ted. The dad comes into <gasps> oh, the room yes. and kicks them out of the room and then closes the door. And like, she's like posing, like, you know, like seductively. And he kind of gives a look and shuts the door. And it's like very implied that they're about to have sex in his son's, son's room. room. Nasty. Yeah. Right. It's so disturbing. And it even, it has this like kind of sexual predator vibe because she is so much younger than he is. Um, it's such a disturbing moment, but yeah, it's, it's used for humor. And yeah, Poor Missy, um, you know, jumping around. Because it's not like, the thing that's weird about it, it's not like she's, like, marrying rich people. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not like she's a gold digger. Because, you know, I don't know what Bill's dad does. They, they live in a nice house. It's not like it's not a, a nice place. But Ted's dad is, like, the police chief. Which, again, not to take away from the position, but notoriously not a high-paid position, right? Like, he's not going to be rich. And then she marries that dude's son, which is weird, right? Like, yeah. For so many reasons. Um, <laughs> Didn't they say that maybe next she'll be married to you or something? I can't remember. It, there's some kind of comment like that. And then he's like, Ted says, like, you are now your stepson's. I don't, he like lists out like this crazy uh, lineage of their connection. But yeah, it's it's a fun, like, recurring bit. I, I, I got to rewatch the second one. I was actually going to try to watch it before tonight, but I, I just couldn't fit it in between all the uh, the Christmas movies. It was a lot. Um, yeah, I really liked... I'm not the biggest Foo Fighters fan. I like their first two albums and then... You know, for me. Mm -hmm. But I did love that part where they find out that they're in his house. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I like... Um, I'm a hit or miss with Jillian Bell, but I really like her in this as, as the uh, couples therapist. Yes! Because uh, when she like freaks out about them being like from the future, it's really funny. Because uh, she's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, um, I thought that was really good. Even them try, like, all right, tell her you love her. We love you guys. <laughs> you know, like they can't. They're not getting that. You're, you're not. You're a separate. Couple, couple, like, yeah, you're two separate things, and you should be able to say, I love you. Um, that part's really funny. I thought that was really great. I just, I, I mean, they even grow up and live next door to each other. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like get a lot and i really loved samara weaving uh, i just think she's great yeah no i i'm she's really really great um i like them i love what they do with them and essentially like i i would love to see a uh billy and thea you know 
continue the music or something as a like a spin-off movie mm-hmm. um where it focuses on them because this movie is kind of theirs like they open the narration at the very beginning of the movie and then it's revealed that they are the ones who are going to uh write the song not bill and ted um and so i could totally see this going in that direction and again i like them a lot i think they're they have a good chemistry um kind of has the same energy as bill and ted you know like they're they that un unquestioning unquestioning friendship and supportiveness that's something i love about these movies in general is that they there is so much optimism even when they are like upset they handle it in kind of mature ways like how they deal with death you know they first have a little fight but then they like go to death and like we're sorry please join the band again like you know what i mean like there's like a maturity about them that defies their behavior you know what i mean like they they act like they're so oblivious and yet they are kinder and gentler to other people than most people are yes i don't i just think they're nice guys Mm-hmm. and that's to me that's like one of the, the reasons i love this series so much is that it, they are just like hey you know what they're cool and they're nice people you know like they're not complete jerks and when, when they are jerks they're willing to own that and apologize and try to right the wrongs that they've created and I love that, you know, it's like they're, they're not, they're fallible. They're, they're not perfect by any means. They're, but they're, they're good and good is important. And I think that's especially what, one of the reasons why this movie clicked for me so hard this year is that, uh, especially in August, uh, August was, I think when I stopped using Facebook um, and I was like, just every time I was on Facebook, I was getting bombarded by hate and <sighs> I needed uh, something optimistic something positive in this movie was that completely and i think that was even maybe like a motivation to like i don't want to look at negativity every time i open my phone and so um bill and ted's that i mean i don't i don't know it's a short movie it, there's a lot of little set pieces but it, it really kind of jumps around um quickly and i think we've covered most of the topic uh is there anything else you want to say about it mm, no all right, well, then we will end the talk there. Uh, I love Bill and Ted's face music. I love all three. I definitely am a bigger fan of the first and third. Um, and I would say this is a must-see movie and must-see trilogy. Um, I will go with... I'm going to go with... Ugh. I think I like the third one. Hmm... I'm going to go with Not Quite... Um, no, I'm going to go with Musty Film. I don't feel like Not Quite Golden Pony Boy is right. Okay, that's positive. Um, that said, I didn't realize Pam Greer was in uh, the second movie. Um, so let's look ahead. We are uh, a week away for us uh, getting to 2021. <laughs> and next year... Um, we are going to, uh, same format. We're, you know, same thing. We're going to be, uh, you know, every month we'll have a different theme and those themes we will pick movies for, but the one criteria is whatever movie we're picking. One of us, at least one of us has to have never seen it before. Um, we're going to start off. We're, I'm not going to, we're not going to list every movie we're watching next year, but we are going to go ahead and talk about the current plan for themes. This is of course subject to change as this year things shattered in front of us and we had to make some adjustments. Um, but we're starting uh, the theme for January 2021 is McTurbo. That is uh, 
um, I'm forgetting, um, McLean, Terminator, and Rambo all merged together. Basically, it's 80s action films. Uh, so that will be 80s action films that we've slept on or not seen, or at least not seen since we were very, very young. Um, and we're starting off with... Uh... Why are we starting off with your pick? I don't, Did I do something I don't know. I just work here. I guess I might have... Well, well, I guess we're starting off with your pick. Um, this is the last one. My... Yeah, this is the last month. We can switch. No, no, it makes sense. I guess I glitched something when we were picking our... I see what I did wrong. I know what happened. So, I... I don't know for sure. I know I forced you to pick the Before series for uh, November. Oh. So, I think I, when I put Revolutionary Road, is my, it's all good. We're gonna We're just going to stick with it. So, we're going to start... Um, to be fair, I've never seen Red Dawn, so it's all good. Uh, and it's been on my radar for a long time. And we are watching the newest Red... No, we're watching the 80s Red Dawn with uh, Patrick Swayze and other people that are famous whose names aren't coming Jennifer Grey is in it, right? And Charlie Sheen, I'm pretty sure, is in it. Um, but yes. Uh, so a who's Red who Dawn, of the 80s? Uh, it is. Um, then we'll be watching 48 Hours, which is a film I feel like I probably saw as a kid, but I do not remember at all. Um then we'll watch Top Gun, which is great because Maverick comes out next year, the uh, the sequel to Top Gun, um, which was supposed to come out this year. Oh, do you not know about this? No, it just is boggling my mind, all these movies that are getting, like, a sequel, re- re- sequel? 400 years yeah. later. Well, Top Gun uh, Maverick, I believe, is the official one, and we're supposed to be getting most of the cast back. Uh, Tom Cruise is the lead, though. Um, uh, then... We're going to watch Oliver Stone's Platoon, uh, a film that I've been meaning to watch for some time. And then we have not yet picked the fifth movie for January, um, but Corey will do that sooner than later. Um, but then there's just kind of preview what else we're going to be doing. We're going to look at February. We always try to we usually try to do something with love or romance. And this year, why not bromance? Um, so we'll be watching movies that feature bromances. Then uh, in March, we're going to do Jonesing for Indies. These are independent films, movies from uh, independent cinemas that we've not seen. Um, Drawing Conclusions will be the month of April. That's animated films that we've not seen. Um, May, we're doing music documentaries. I've yet to come up with a catchier theme for that one. Um, Then uh, I I really like June. We're doing Unwanted. These are sequels (laughs) uh, that maybe nobody really was like, hey, we need a sequel for that. Um, But sequels we have not seen. Uh, and a little preview there. I think two years ago, I lost uh, an Oscar pool with Matt uh, from what I watched tonight.co.uk. And uh, <gasps> I was supposed to watch Exorcist 2. And I have not done that. And I'm dragging Corey to hell with me. And we're going to watch the the arguably the worst of the Exorcist sequels together in June. So that'll Thanks, be fun. Thanks, Matt. Um, in July, we're doing biopics. Uh, August we're doing um, stream with me those will be movies that are currently streaming so those we haven't even been able to look at yet because who knows what will be streaming then um, representing is a uh, month of September those are gonna be uh, movies that uh, have diverse cast or actors um, or sorry diverse cast is actors diverse directors um, uh, October we usually do something with horror films so we're doing creature features this year which I'm excited about um, then uh, we're going to end the year 2021 with Mint and Box. Those are movies that we own but have not seen, which is a guilty, list that guilty. continues to grow all the all the time. <laughs> and then we end with five movies for 2021 yes. uh, through the cracks. Those are movies that we came out in 2021 that we had not seen for some reason. 
or another. So uh, similar, we try to end every year that way. It's a good time to catch up on the movies that we wanted to see but didn't get to. Hopefully, we'll be able to see those movies in theaters um, at some point safely, mind you, safely. And if not, well, then we'll be buying them and renting them or streaming them on whatever service has purchased them. Um, but that's what we're looking forward to. Uh, so we'll be back in the new year and hopefully a better year. Um, thank you for staying with us throughout 2020. We hope we were able to at least make uh, it a little more enjoyable that maybe our talk of random movies or maybe encouraging you to watch the movies that you hadn't thought of watching before or whatever, whatever you get from listening to us. We hope that we made 2020 a little bit better, a little bit brighter uh, for you. Corey, I look forward to continuing this movie journey with you um, into 2021. It'll be year, uh, year five, right? We started in 2017 with this. So 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. It'll be year five uh, that we start. Yeah, it was 2017 for sure. Because I started Burke Reviews in 2016. And we started uh, Movie Club on day one of 2017. So we started, we, we started planning right before... Um, and we've kept uh, consistent. We've only missed a couple of episodes throughout the four years that we've already recorded, and we're moving into year five. Um, major milestone. That's a long time. That's longer than a lot of people have ever been in a relationship. So, uh, look at us. Our partnership extends, um, and we still like each other. And we still, in fact, despite having made each other watch some movies that we've hated. <laughs> We still continue to do this, and it's great because we're we're not even close to running out of movies that we haven't seen. So <laughs> the premise of the pod just continues to grow as they keep releasing more and more movies that we can't keep up with. But listeners, if you like what we're doing, we ask that you uh, rate and review the podcast on whatever podcatcher you use, and we'd like to hear from you. So you can follow us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews um, on Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, and of course BurkeReviews.com. And Corey at Corey R Star two R's on the end. And if uh, if you want to hit us up to recommend some theme ideas for maybe 2022, uh, we'd love to hear basically anything you want to contribute. Thank you again. Have a good new year and we will see you in 2021. Until then, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.